I gather you've made your decision. I have. Now, I want you to promise me that you will never put anyone or anything before one another. As you know, my sister is now free of the constraints of the Royal Marriages Act. With your fingers, go on. They won't bite the worms, boy. Would you mind holding off? Just a moment longer. Well, our daughter's a boy and our son is, God bless him, a girl. She could do as she likes. Now I discover that's not true. Place a bill of renunciation before Parliament. I am more than my title. That's not me. Within a government in your name. Warn you that there still will be the church. No circumstances at all. A sister, a daughter, a wife. I will always be half king. You know how I hate confrontation. I cannot allow you to marry Peter. If I put duty before the family... Would you forgive anyone who denied you, Philip? You will love others. Pod Save the Queens, a weekly podcast that covers one episode of The Crown each week, hosted by Reagan Fox, a professor of communication at California State University, Long Beach. He is also a performer. Since 2005, Reagan has produced a podcast titled Fox and the City. Madge Weinstein, internet personality who maintains Yeast Radio, which has developed a cult following and was among the 50 most subscribed to podcasts. And Deborah Wilkerson, a 68-year-old woman, allegedly, from Texas with a big heart and an even bigger body. She enjoys watching walking on the beach videos and warm buffets. Last week on the penultimate... Episode of Pod Save the Queen Season 1. Can you say penultimate okay. a few more times? Just a mess. Penultimate. <laughs> penultimate. Debbie. Penapet. <laughs> Last week on the Penapet episode of Pod Save the Queens. I masturbated. <laughs> so well, hard. Of course you would with that horse saying, I was rubbing myself. I don't know who these people are. This episode is called Assassins. Are they about to be I was killed? confused. Is, is this alias? Is but she the assassin? The music yeah, but- has such a happy, like, Motown vibe but- going in. And then all of a sudden we're going into this dark diner. And but- I'm like, wait, what? Okay, but wait a few things. Why the apostrophe S? It doesn't make sense. Why can't it be Ruth Chris's steakhouse? Why I would hate it be it too. Ruth's I- Chris? You can't it- say that. Cut to Amy riding a horse. She sure rides horses a lot. She can't help it. Horses are very large. And how did she die in this scene? (laughs) Nothing. No, no, no. There's only living, unless you count orgasms as little deaths. Nothing like that vibrating action, that jackhammer action against your legs when a horse gallops. Yes, horsey. Faster. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Who's riding who? I've never felt this free. Yes. Yes. Joey who? Joey what? Right before the teardrops, I'm like, oh, this, I mean, I was at the, I was at my breaking point. I really was, y'all. And I loved when um, S- Keith Sutherland told Winston, 
he's, you know, and he was crying. He said, that's a tear. And then Winston's reply, oh, I'm going to cry thinking about it, Lord. And then Winston, <laughs> I'm so hard on I got I, it. I got it. <clears throat> and then Winston looked back at the, you know, the painter and was like, that's not a tear. That's squirt. Squirt? <laughs> 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 See the stains? That's for me. A squirting. And that's not pee, that's squirting. <laughs> <laughs> Woohoo! Yes, I am. <laughs> and I love it, Ruby, and I love it. Hello and welcome to the final episode of season one of Pod Save the Queens. Today I am joined by the illustrious Princess of Pork. Madge Weinstein, how are you, Madge? I am wonderful. I've been listening to our old grums, and I feel like we have a really good show. And I'm really proud of the work we've been doing. So I'm happy to to he- be here for this finale. I, me too. I really, really enjoy this program. I just, I think it's. Uh, w- Madge and I were talking about how we've organically let a, uh, a format emerge, and it just works. It just works. Now, I'm Reagan Fox. I forgot to introduce myself. And uh, one of my other co-hosts, the Rose Nyland, is the beautiful Deborah Wilkerson, who has been beside herself all week because her favorite radio show personality passed away. Debbie, how are you holding up? I am taking this. I was going to say one foot at a time, but I have diabetes. Um, It's a sad, sad situation. (laughs) We had a man that did so much for this country. I've listened to Rush since, oh, God, I was in my 40s. It was a blessing. You know, what he did for the gay community. You know, I don't think anybody would ever be able to replace him. And all I got to say is I can only hope that I get that Mac Pro and that XDR and those two industrial laser printers that the blind bitch didn't need. Okay, now, Debbie, we have to clear something up because I think you may be confused when you're talking about Rush doing so much for the gay community. I think you're confusing Rush Limbaugh with Rush brand poppers. <laughs> mm- well, those are the same, aren't they? Didn't he? No, didn't, Matt, no? no, Mary. He no, did inflame several Okay, maybe assholes, like the yes. charity work that he did. He had like the gay hour on his radio show, brought a lot of awareness to the gay community. During right. the height of the AIDS pandemic. Yeah. Rush Limbaugh, the winner of the Presidential Medal of Freedom. Exactly. I mean, and this- they don't give that to just anybody. <laughs> Oh my God! Wow, it's it's so amazing to me that people on the far right don't understand that they're the villains in the movie that we call life. It it, it, it's just perplexing. Now, normally I would encourage us to do a lot of idle chit chat, but I have to tell you girls something. This was the season finale of season one of The Crown, and I have so many notes on this episode there was so much going on so uh, what uh, how are you girls doing with the cold and the winter storms and negative 20 in bonkerville 
<gasps> Debbie. Negative uh, 20. Yeah, it, I was noticing that in your inch in our programmed intro, which does pronounce my name wrong, but I, I don't know if Indian lady can change it to. No, she's not Indian. I'm sorry. The British lady. Can she change my name to Weinstein? But that's beside the point. But she says you're from Texas. So is Bonkerville in Texas then? Well, it's a subsidiary. So the tax money it's is a what? sent. It's a subsidiary. And what is, subsidiary. is Bonkerville? Bonkerville, mm-hmm. tax money for you know legal purposes through the federal government yeah. goes through Texas in yeah. order to get that. And we get our power from Texas. That's why we yeah. have one of the best power companies in the world in Bonkerville. <laughs> uh-huh. Water systems. Okay, so yeah. we it's really it's a subsidiary. So you didn't lose any uh, power over there in your subsidiary. No, really good at power here in, in Bonkerville, Bonkerville, yeah. subsidiary Texas. Thank you for clearing well, that they, up. Well, they have exclusively white power in <laughs> Bonkerville. Yeah. That's yeah. funny. It's the cleanest oh. of the clean. <laughs> yeah. Do you know that there is a city in Texas called White Plantation, Texas? Oh, oh I bet Paula Dean lives there. Reagan, I'm did so you, glad. Did your mother have any power issues over there in yeah, Houston? Yeah, she, she had... Uh, she had the, her building cut yeah. out of power and a, a pipe burst in her unit. And I think pipes burst in half the units in her oh, building. Oh, no. Did she get her basement flooded? <laughs> oh, my God. Well, you know, the good thing is her vibrator is probably battery operated. <laughs> so she's still hanging in there. So her basement is very flooded. <laughs> very flooded. Fine. Very, Fine. very flooded. No, she's staying with my brother and she said my brother's being very sweet to her. Mm. So I'm I'm excited for her. When she called, she was so stressed out and I just realized what a middle aged woman I am because I heard the stress in her voice and my first reaction was Mom, you really need to take an Ativan. You need to just take the edge off. Take a touch of Ativan with a, a vodka martini and you will be fine. It'll keep you warm. It's the salve for all of well, you your know, problems. I would suggest um, a good listener of the show and friend of uh, the pod, uh, Mitty had lost power for like two days and I suggested to him to start his car. You know, in the garage, oh and just keep gosh. the door open to the garage, and if you roll down the windows, it'll keep the heat. Enough idle chit-chat, because there's so much to get to. I mean, who wants to talk about world affairs? Nobody. When we right. can talk about world what affairs. is going on in the royal family. I uh, mean, that's ro- what um, is going on in the royal family 70 years ago. Come on, let's get our priorities straight. And that is, by the way, a theme of this episode. <laughs> Season one, episode 10, the season finale, Gloriana, which we will call Glory Hall Anna. Elizabeth finds herself torn when the country is divided over Margaret's relationship with Townsend, with the public approving and officials from Parliament and the church disapproving. Following advice from Edward, Elizabeth forbids a devastated Margaret from marrying Joey Buttafuoco, who then departs for Brussels. The Queen Mother complains about Philip's domineering attitude towards Charles. Lascelles and Queen Mother suggest that Elizabeth ask Philip to open the Summer Olympics in Melbourne so that he can adjust to life in her shadow. 
A five-month royal tour is later added to the itinerary, with Elizabeth suggesting he be thankful that everyone is helping him find a public role. Eden replaces Churchill as prime minister and becomes trapped in an escalating dispute with Egyptian President Nasser over the rights of the Suez Canal. Suez. Suez Canal. What did you girls think about our finale for season one? Good. It didn't really have... You know what? It was. It was. I loved it. I thought it was the perfect close to a book. It, it wasn't like a an arc where you know, like a lot of times you watch a show and it's like, all right, it, this part's done, but then there's more. You know, it just. I think it ended perfectly. I think it was a beautiful episode. Well, I disagree with Rose. I feel like this was not a finale. This was really a penultimate episode. I thought, what? This is a finale. Her sister getting married? That's that's not a finale. Or the not Suez getting Canal, married. Courtney Love shooting up? No, 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 no. I need something well, bigger, bigger, bigger. There is a trend on television these days where the penultimate episode tends to be better than the season finales. They had that happen a lot in The Walking Dead. They have that happen a lot in the Mother of Dragons series on HBO. What's it called? Game, Game of, of Thrones. Thrones. I enjoyed the episode. I, I I agree with our Rose Nyland, Debbie. Everybody has to have 30 nicknames. Uh, but you had to tie things up. And really what this season was all about, the main thread through the season, which we'll get to a little bit later, is the bifurcation of these individuals in the royal family where they're torn between what they want to do as human beings. They're torn between their black horse and their white horse to go with the Plato metaphor. And so this really comes to a head with Margaret and will she or won't she be able to get married? But now let's start going in chronological order. We begin in a flashback, December 1936, David Guest and Liza Minnelli dance. Or are they Jennifer Grey and Patrick Swayze? Whatever, it's dirty dancing, at least for the 1930s. So that the was real ridiculous. <laughs> Who the fuck does that? Nobody dances privately, like when they're home. Oh, let's just dance. Oh, my sister's here. We're just dancing in the dance. does that. Well, if you're a gay man married to a woman, you probably do do that. You're probably, we dance. We d- I love my wife so much. Her vagina is my favorite part of her body, and let's dance, baby. Come on. And back then, a lot of people would go to back rooms, a man and a woman that were married, and, you know, play patty cake. And that's perfectly fine. No, patty and cake I think was with the a next lot of scene. music. Patty cake was the two little girls in the next scene. No, we they won't get no. There. Yeah, no, no. they weren't patty playing patty cake. cake. Debbie no. is talking no. about patty, patty cake, cake as a euphemism for anal. So the real Queen Mary <laughs> tells his brother that he's going to abdicate. So we have a flashback and we cut to Muppet Babies, Amy Fisher and Q playing patty cake. I called it the hand clap game because I couldn't remember patty cake because that's what happens when you are a middle-aged bottom. Yeah. Uh, it reminded me of the beginning and the end of the color purple, how the two sisters. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Love that. Uh, 
and really, the struggles of the royal family are just like Celie and her sister in The Color Purple as well. Moulin Rouge makes his daughters promise they will never put love over family or put anything above family. Oh, honey. What? I, listen, when the king's, okay, this is scooting back a little bit when they're talking, when the king is talking to the previous king or whatever, when the king said this will crush them, referring to the, the two daughters, I've read that as literally, I don't know if y'all did, and I think in another oh. universe written by Josh Whedon, they would have to crush the children to save the monarchy. And snort Debbie, them. please don't bring up Joss Whedon or Whedon or whatever his name is. He is officially canceled Why now. Why did he do? Oh, that's what did he do? Uh, he got canceled because... He, wasn't he the Buffy the Vampire Slayer guy? Yeah, Buffy and Cabin in the Woods and uh, Marvel's Universe, the very first movie. Um, he did that. So he told a woman who worked on the television series Angel, I can't remember her name, I didn't watch any of those series, but he told her when she was pregnant that she basically needed to get an abortion. Are you keeping was, it? Are you keeping it? Yeah, and 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 was very. But that abusive. was like three hundred years ago. Was this coming out now? Yeah. Oh, please. All right. Well, so. I don't think please. That's important stuff to know if you're treating women in a demonstrably awful manner. Yeah, but you're judging somebody from their distant past. I mean, come on. If he still well, does I mean, that, he's if he, he produces gets ahead a lot of, of it, shit. I think, I, if that's I think, the only record we have of him be, being remotely misogynistic, which is what I would characterize that. I disagree with this, Madge. And there's a current event that I'm mm. going to use to illustrate my point. Okay. So somebody else who has been canceled is the host of that show the bachelor which again is a show that i don't Uh watch but so here's how the controversy went there is a woman who is featured on this season of the bachelor and this season is the first season that they've had a black bachelor and Mm. when she was in a sorority and this was not that long ago i think it was in 2017 16 2016 she went to a sorority party that was a plantation party and a plantation party Mm -hmm. is in the south they go to a plantation and they dress up like it's antebellum united states and they romanticize this period in time where black people were enslaved in the country right? right and so the picture got out there and people wanted to cancel her right and then so the host of the bachelor then does this interview on extra or access hollywood or something and with a former contestant of the bachelor I believe, who is of color who is a woman of color and so he she was asking him questions and he came to that woman's defense and said well i understand that a plantation party looks bad now but did it really look that bad in 2016? And she came back and very convincingly said, racism is racism no matter what the time is. And and quite frankly, yeah, 2016 to be doing something like that is still horrible and racist. And so I, I think that it's fair game to call out a series that was playing in the 2000s and say, hey, this, the way this man treated women was bad. Okay. Going back to the show, when he, <laughs> when Papa, when, when George VI says that, that this would crush them, why is he so sure that these girls would be devastated? I mean, the, the girl's going to be the know, queen of England, weird. the most famous woman in the world. Why? I don't understand why this is such an incredible burden. I know we've talked about this before. I mean, I get it in a way, but it just, 
I don't get it. And then you I, thought I the it. monarchy would crush them, or your I took it as if the, knowing that their uncle is stepping down would crush him. No, so that's not how I took it. That was my interpretation of it because oh. the whole thing is. It, it's uh, a betrayal to the family. Okay. It's not just, it's part of it is, okay, now this guy's ha- going to have to become king and he doesn't, the brother's going to have to become king. He, Moulin Rouge doesn't want to do that. But mm. the big thing is, and that's going to have a tremendous impact mm. on his relationship with his daughters, how much time he can spend with them, how private their lives can be. But the big takeaway here is, here's this man who they look up to, who's supposed to be the king of England, who's mm-hmm. a family member. And he is not just, be- because we see that in this episode, that yeah. Amy Fisher by getting married isn't just... Um, betraying obligations to the church, these BS obligations, Mm -hmm. but then she has to be, it's kind of like Scientology. Mm -hmm. She has, she can no longer be part of the family. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I guess, I mean, I totally interpreted it completely differently. I guess it's based on the fact that there were those earlier episodes where Queenie was saying, you know, you watch, well, maybe it's later. I don't know. Where she's really pissed at it. It might be later, maybe. That's why. No, it was earlier. Where, it was, okay. Yeah, we talked about it. Where she's, you know, where she's like, you don't, you, you should apologize for, for what you've done to me. You know, for, look what she, both, you, know, both look things, at this Both interpretations are true. Uh-huh. Yeah. There, there's a little bit of both well, of that. But I kind of like badges, I think, now that I think about it. Because it's sort of like, you've put on a, dar- you know, you've, mm-hmm. you've put on a warrant, as one would say, on my two daughters Chin. now, you know, without their consent. Oh, a warrant. I thought you said wart. Warned. That's what I oh, thought. I, oh. mm-hmm. I knew Reagan would like that. Yeah. Oh, well, I, and then the thing is too, like, so I, there's such a, it's such a twisted paradoxical thing. What the father says, you know, making the girl promise, don't ever do this to your sister, but it's, he's putting her in a, in a conundrum where you really, yeah, that was just heavy handed writing. That, that was yeah, just, that it, it was weird. It, it was bad writing. They were really? just trying to push this, this theme on us really hardcore. I I, they could have, com- yeah. if I were an editor, I always, because I do so much writing yeah. and as part of my career, I always look at media and I think, oh, where are the editors to, to cut this out and say, okay, we're just hitting it over the head here and we don't want to do that. Oh my God. That, can I can I just do an aside? I know we're not going to yeah. take forever, but I had to fill out a survey because for my job, every day they do like an employee, you know, a, a sort of a newsletter for the company. So my day was today where I, you have five questions of Madge. Get to know Madge, right? One of the questions was, what is your favorite thing about your career? And you know what I put? What? Getting a paycheck. <laughs> oh, well, that's honest. The, the answers to the other four questions, vagina. Vagina, vagina. Con- well, they asked for your favorite song, the the song that what? most describes you, and I wanted to just fuck with them. And I was so, I actually had put this in here, but I changed my mind. I was going to put- Death to capitalism? No, I was going to put Dominique the Singing Nun. <laughs> if, you try, if you go to Google, you have to do this. Go to Google and look up the lyrics to the Singing Nun because it's all in French, right? It's like, they did on American Horror Story a long time. Oh, yeah, that's the one they kept playing over and over again, right? If you if you Google translate it, like it's 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 a nun wrote it, but the the words are like fuck 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 because it mistranslates to fuck fuck fuck. God loves you. God loves me. Fuck fuck fuck. But I didn't do it. 
so what would happen if you were to put like your favorite song, Buss It? Like, Buss It. Buss It. Buss It. That rap song, Buss It. I like that I song. I don't know what that is. Okay, we have got to too far down the road. I apologize for that. Back in present time, which is still our past, it's Amy Fisher's birthday. She's 25 now, and what, just like Cheryl, and wants to marry Joey and his giant chin mole. She celebrates with a stiff drink and a ciggy, the Long Island equivalent to a birthday cake and a candle. Princess yeah. Margaret is ready to funk. She's she looks D- good. She's DTF. She looks good. Yeah. Oh, God, yes. Yeah, but you know what? I know I called her ugly. I said the lady in this movie... Or show portrays is a gorgeous woman, like breathtakingly. Yeah. The um, I believe her name Vanessa Kirby, gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I wanted to see if she was really a style icon as this show portrays. So I did a little digging, and I would like to show you. Why girls, do I have a some sense photos. that some fiction is coming? But go ahead. No, no, no. So in some, she knew how to dress and i would like to show y'all a few photos and if you're watching i mean if you're listening to this look at the album art it will change as we go through real fast and i'll put a link in the podcast yeah if you use pocket cast i'll put a link so you can see this um yourself it's a vogue a a uk vogue she looks great i thought yeah she really the the suggestion in this episode and i don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves but the suggestion is that she is the people's princess so Uh she was the proto diana wait go back debbie go back that looks like chelsea clinton it does yeah but you know this is where it goes to where she's kind of doesn't look good you know like if you get a side profile she's hot but then you turn you're like oh wait a minute get the car back on the road you know but she she, fashion wise she really did dress really well who's that with sophia loren or something i think so wow or no 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 or um oh god the other lady oh it's rita ora <laughs> Look at this oh, photography attire. Look at Diane. Okay. I mean, this is really well dressed. Mumbles McGee informs Q that what? there's a second. I call this guy Mumbles McGee. That just okay. pops up a few times this episode. That <laughs> tells Q about the the second part of the Marriages Act because I oh. couldn't understand a thing this guy was saying. It was the second part. Oh, Baldy Locks. No, I I have a name. I called him Baldy Locks. Her secretary. I guess. Was that's that cool. I said Nervous was? Nelly. Is no, that appropriate? Oh, name. that was. That's the guy who got the job yeah. over yeah. The, the younger guy. I. The, this guy needs to take a public speaking class. Yeah. I couldn't understand. He's nervous. Get, get, get the marbles out of your mouth, honey. Mm-hmm. He's nervous. So, so part two of the Marriages Act is that Amy's marriage will be nullified. And Q must, so it, it presents this, uh, this situation for Q that she must either refuse the marriage right. or some other no. horrible thing that I don't understand that okay. also involves okay. her denying the marriage this is going gets to happen. Me very, very upset, ladies. Me too. Because will, why, why the fuck doesn't, doesn't Q do a dress down for them like she did to Winston and Salisbury exactly. State? You know, like, Take this is charge. some serious shit. They fucked over her whole family with this. And she I just agree, I it. agree. But she gets it. She understands that the Queen Mother's thinking was, and Ugh. this was my thinking, too, when I saw the events transpire in the episodes, the previous episodes. Make them spend a couple of years apart. They'll grow apart. 
and she won't be interested in this divorced man. So I don't it, buy it's, it. It's annoying. She was douching with his tears. Is for that God's really sake. what happened in real life? <laughs> I mean, I want to know the real story here. Is that really how it went I'm down? I'm sure it. I'm really? sure it's what happened. Yeah, and it sucks oh. for Q as well. Although yeah. the ultimate, the ultimate victim here her is is Margaret, is Amy Fisher. But Q yeah. has this classic Sophie's choice, but it's a right. Sophie's choice with a twist. Sophie has right. to pick which child dies but in the twist ending both decisions result in both kids dying it's so messed up at any rate it's Q and the family go on a picnic. Amy smokes over the picnic basket. Horsey emasculates Charles while he fishes. Wait, she smoked over the picnic basket? Y- yes, How she did... was, she's constantly smoking cigarettes. Did no. that bother you that she would smoke? Like you're, she was getting the ashes in there or what? I just thought, okay, you're outside at a picnic. Do you need to be smoking? Yes. In this beautiful, yeah. pristine environment. And then the picnic yeah, basket is do. right under you. It reminded me of Patsy from AbFab, <laughs> how Patsy might when they went to France. ash her cigarette <laughs> in, you know, in, in, in Saffron's hair or something like that. Or when burn they, her it, with a When they went to France and stayed at the wrong, in, in, the, in the maid's quarters by mistake. <laughs> the and the guy keeps knocking on the door. Yeah. And, he <laughs> cut, and, and he's like this little French guy. And he's like, and she goes, yeah. <laughs> she doesn't know how to respond so with, a with a cigarette playing ping pong. Pats, Pats, come here quickly. Qu'est-ce que vous faites ici? Mais enfin, le château est à le match est à 400 mètres. Yeah, um, I thought she has to smoke, and I think later on in the in the pinnapit of this episode, oh. the ending of this episode, it you discover we think this whole time she's a strong person, but she's. We'll get there, but Debbie, she has no to smoke. It's a, it's in this a, episode. It's, no, the pinnacle of the episode. No, the there isn't part. one. It's the ninth before the ending, honey. She means the second up. to last scene. How do you know that? Debbie is trying to say. How do you because, learn to speak Debbie? Because she, t- we'll get there, but she talks about how he's her rock and she's not strong. And so she's just using the cigs as a vice. But I would want to say, I do want to say, <laughs> when she, my favorite line is she said, crying in my pillow. And I had flashbacks when it was 1958. Again, I was in the front row section watching little Anthony and the Imperial sing tears in my pillow. I really felt those words. Debbie, those weren't tears in that pillow. That was squirt. Uh, <laughs> yes, I am. Never, never met it. Never, Okay. 25. 25. 25 years old. Later that day, Horsey worries that his daughter's a Leslie, a Leslie like Madge, <laughs> and that his son is light in the loafers like me. Q proposes that Horsey goes on a trip to open the Sydney Olympics. Now, I have to say... The writing here was also not that great because it wasn't super clear to me that he was being sent to the Olympics. I had to read the description special of the episode. Olympics. It was the Special Olympics. <laughs> oh, and Debbie won <laughs> yeah. gold in everything. Oh, we won. Oh, no. She won penultimate, second Penal- to last Penal- in everything. Penal- and then the other thing that wasn't clear to me was the whole thing about the Suez Canal. I didn't realize that all that tension with in yeah. Cairo was about the Suez So Canal. I have major issues with that, but that's for later because I don't want to Yeah, we'll in. get there in just go, a second. Going back for just a second, back to the picnic. Yeah. Why does Q have to cut her own cheese? Doesn't she have slaves yeah, for that? Yeah, that was weird. 
I thought the same thing. But I think this is like normal time where they butch it up just for the fun of it. Because mm. he was touching the worms. Yeah. Well, isn't cut the cheese a euphemism for farting? I believe it might be. Okay. It makes sense, is I it guess. A metaphor? Like smelly cheese. She's farting. She's making a stinky. A stinky. Stinky or tinkle. Cut to Amy watching TV and smoking. She smokes. Did you know that? Margaret smokes. She's a smoker. She smokes d- Did during Did you ever everything. smoke, Reagan? Were you ever a smoker? I did. I smoked for 18, or no, 19 years. I See, smoked. then, that's why I don't get, like, why it would surprise you that she smokes over the picnic basket. I'm never going to get over this. I would do that as well. Well, it, we've talked about this in the show before uh-huh. in, a, in a more abstract sense okay. that with most people, and definitely with me, I tend to get very annoyed by things that I have been guilty of in the past. Oh, okay. Because it's, maybe it's like projection or something like that. So when I was talking about like attention-seeking mm-hmm. behavior, how that really gets under my skin because it reminds me of my childhood and early adulthood. Mm-hmm. Same thing with smoking. Mm-hmm. I just, it's a trigger for me where I go, ugh. Well, the, maybe technical, because I, the technical term for that is you spot it, you got it. You spot you, the one who smelt, uh, smelt it, dealt it. And a lot of smokers just don't care. They're worried about smoking, not worrying about where the ashes are going. There's, I mean, buy a new basket. Horsey reads a paper on the front page. A headline reads, marry him, Margaret. Amy runs into Horsey and fixes his tie. Yes. In a, para- uh, in a parallel universe. I've got a, I've got a monologue here, honey. Okay. In a parallel universe, Amy seduces Horsey. Let's call this parallel universe Melrose Place. Oh. Amy seduces her brother's husband. She's now with child. She confronts Q about the pregnancy announcing, your future nephew is also your stepchild. Q pushes Amy, but she's so close to the stairs and she falls down the stairs. Amy's in a coma for a season and loses the baby but returns with a head injury that turns her into a lunatic season three focuses on amy trying to kill q i'm just spitballing what do you think i've I got mean, the same vibe I, i'm really impressed with the amount of work you put into your show prep <gasps> oh match yeah. you'll appreciate this mm-hmm. so as i was writing that monologue i thought One of the things that's so refreshing to me about The Crown and that other people may find boring, and again, we've kind of talked about this in earlier episodes, is that it's grounded in a reality so the writers can't go too far off the rails. Mm -hmm. And it's something that we have talked about, Madge, in relation to Ryan Murphy television shows, that anything that Ryan Murphy does that is fictional it just goes off the rail. We keep pushing things more and more to reality, which is one of the themes of the season where yeah. we have the g- cameras in on the coronation and, you know, all of that stuff mm-hmm. and, and them encroaching more and more on their real lives. And in a way, that was the first reality show, I guess, the, the royal family. And it speaks to the aesthetics that are consistent with our sensibilities right now in 2022. One, where we want everything to be real. So it started with reality television and then it seeped its way into pornography where anything that is like super produced pornography, like if there's music during a porno scene, it's not good anymore. It, it, we want it to be real. We want it to be amateur. We right. want it to be a hidden video. Yes. We want it, it, it just everything needs to be super duper real. And, and, and so it doesn't make... Uh, maybe that's one of the reasons why soap operas like a dynasty which used to be the number one television show in the 1980s or or Dallas why it wouldn't work 
anymore, even though networks try to do it, yeah. because we want things grounded in real. Well, yeah, I, I agree. But is society, is society pushing it, us that way, or or these media companies pushing us that way? Because, it's like you talked about, the production company, it's like a self-feeding oh, cycle. Sometimes but don't make, we want our oh, reality sorry. really fake, though, at the same time. Like, look That's at RuPaul. That's true, a president. Like I, a president. I really don't understand it at all. To tell you the truth. But I do think we shouldn't pull no punches with this. Any punches, yeah. Yeah, any punches. Margaret and Philip, they were about to touch pillows. I mean, come on. They were about yeah. to patty cake. Such yeah, a they were patty moment. I just didn't expect that. And I, it's like it didn't even go anywhere. I don't know what the fuck that was. It's just weird. I There's, wanted them to like a little lick on the face or something. I've noticed it's a sibling rivalry thing. Mm-hmm. I When my brothers, I've brothers Leonard and Jeff, and my brother Leonard married this woman named Tracy. His Is first he wife. the one that's evil incarnate? No, that's Randy. Okay. Tracy Allman. And mm-hmm. it, so Leonard got married and then Jeff and Leonard are very similar in age. And there was always this like really weird flirtation between Jeff and Leonard's wife oh. that always was just kind of bubbling under the surface. And it, 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 so when I saw that exchange, even though it doesn't go anywhere, I thought, oh, okay. I, I've seen something similar to that in real life. I and they haven't. play into it, I think, for the show, just like how we have, Madge didn't notice, but we read a, into a lot of things about the gay symbolism, and in, 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 especially in the very beginning of the, of this show. And I think right there, I mean, obviously, they're taking creative contacts. You know, they're, you they're with, doing this. With uh, Fluffy yeah. McFlufferson? Yeah. yeah, but um, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I would in another universe, maybe, maybe we have like a spinoff series. Well, it makes sense because he's a womanizer, and yeah. she feels intense sibling rivalry. I don't with know. To me, it's just Q. an editing mistake. Like I, I don't even know why. That's oh yeah, there. could be. I don't know. Just take that out. I, so, yeah, because you know, there could have been like seventy other takes. Where, you like, know, to where me, they it's just like did. Oscar Wilde said, "Kill your babies." You know that that's a baby that should have been killed. <laughs> Just take that out. Well, sometimes, that's sometimes, I mean, the show's good, but they make a lot of mistakes. So. Speaking of a baby that one. needs to be killed, let's talk a little <laughs> bit about number two. Dude, number uh, two takes, Number one now. T- number two, now number one. But let's continue calling him number two because I like that do-do euphemism. You uh, mean Courtney and, Love? And that goes with duty. And this is all about duty. So number two, a.k.a. Courtney Love takes a pill. He's either agonizing in pain or in a state of ecstasy when he pops that sweet pink Benadryl. Cut to number two, meeting with Q. Trouble in Cairo. Number two reflects on his trip. He speaks Arabic. He repeatedly says what sounds to me like, Hukuna Matata, Hukuna Matata, Hukuna Matata. Cut to a white actor playing an Arabic role saying, he speaks very good Arabic. Very good. Too good. I'm like, he's just saying Hukuna Matata over and over and over again. Nasser Imperial Shames number two. Q's like, blah, 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 world affairs, whatever, boring. Let's go to the countryside and dish my sister's Wait a engagement. Why are you calling him number two? He's number one now. He's PP. He's now. number because I like I I want to pull through that duty. I want to when I get, have a duty, now. I latch onto it. And number two is just But PP had a stroke and retired. Now I know. Is number I know. He's P- number Doo-doo one, but he's He's always number two in my Fine. heart. He's the duty in my heart, so he's always going to be number two. Well, you know, I looked mm. up 
because I finally was like, is this, is he having heart attacks or strokes or something? Is, is that why he has to keep hiding it? Because he doesn't want to get caught being sick because, you know, he's got the clean bill of health, honey. Was and, it um, so, so I looked this up and apparently he was addicted to meth during his time. It was an anti, uh, what is it? Anti. It wasn't um, heroin? No. Really? So it's it's benzedrine and it's basically math or speed and he was addicted to it until the day he Hitler died. Was, I think that's what Hitler was. Yeah, the same to. thing. Yeah, and and that's it's funny. so. But then why did he pass out from it if it's speed? That doesn't make sense. Well, he had ecstasy because it would give him such an. Ecstasy oh, that explains rush, that, that ecstasy rush. party that Margaret was having because they had some Molly there. I could tell they were. Yeah, and, and, and it shows like the yeah. drug. They believe it impaired his judgments, yeah. which uh, may have contributed to. Eden's near collapse was physically and emotionally okay. in his re- so when he was this is the part on. of the show this this theme is the part of the show that really bothers me because I feel like they're pushing this narrative that the Arabs did them wrong like they saw no that's not my reading of it okay. at all well let me explain mine and then you tell me okay. that I'm wrong because what I <laughs> what I saw is that uh-huh. they're saying oh look the Arabs see that this 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 new PM is too slick that the the people will like him because he speaks Arabic. So we better slander him and make it look like we were slighted by wearing the wrong suit. So they create this whole situation where where duty number two, you know, slighted them at the party. So now we have an international incident that was fabricated by Nasser. That's what I felt like they were implying. Am I wrong? Um, I think that's one interpretation of it. I, the each individual audience member is obviously going to interpret what transpired in different ways. My interpretation of it was because I'm anti-imperialism was that Nasser was totally in the right in that situation and was calling out, uh, calling out duty for trying to treat them like they're stupid, that they're like this native population that doesn't get the maneuverings of a country that has tried to rule over them. Well, see, I think that I agree that that's the reality of the situation, but I feel like the show pushed a different narrative that they were pushing the narrative that the, that the PM was actually in the right. That's just what I thought. It's so, it's so subject to interpretation. If you begin, because if, when I look at the previous episodes of this season, Mm -hmm. Production, in my eyes, has done a pretty good job of showing the marginalization of people of color and people right. from different countries who have been imperialized by Great Britain. And so when we finally get to this scene in the finale, my interpretation is, no, they're they're. See, I think bad. they've white- I think they've whitewashed it. Because, now- like, I've, I was just watching a documentary today about, uh, well, it's an Adam Curtis documentary. It's really good. Um, Get Out of My Head or something like that. I just was watching the first one. But they were talking about how, you know, th- how the British, British Empire fell apart in the 50s. Uh, and they were talking specifically about Kenya. And in Kenya, where they, you know, they did sh- show Kenya, but Brit- the, the British actually had, like, brainwashing operations. They, like, were torturing people to make them feel that Britain was the homeland. And then these people would think that Britain is their homeland. They go to, and then they go to Britain, and they weren't even allowed to get a haircut because they were mm. so fucking racist. And so, like, when you, it's the way they're portraying it is so whitewashed that it's barely showing the true extent of how racist and horrible that empire was, which is why they were just completely just obliterated. Good point. Uh, 
Um, I do want to point out though the actor that played the president. He, it's not whitewashed. He he is. It's um, not washed. It's washed. But go yeah, ahead. it's washed in my book, oh, honey. Right. His name is uh, Amir Batroyce, I think. <laughs> I could be mispronouncing what? that, but uh, it, he's Sister not Betrayal? a white gentleman. I think he is a, a, a right bank. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for clarifying that. We have a gorgeous scene on the hills. The hills are alive with the sound of sibling betrayal. Madge, a queer, a female, queer, Reagan, a sissy with long hair. Debbie, a granny who gives head. That will bring us back to Madge, Reagan, Debbie, and our last crumb of the season. Do a a piece of do tea. (laughs) Reagan is in the scrum. <laughs> Ray Gunn, shoot me in the head. Debbie is an idiot. Madge, Madge. is a filthy, angry whore. Which will it's bring broke. us back to get fucked. I don't know. And she sold her Bitcoin. I did Number not, two I did not says Bitcoin. that people oppose the wedding on religious grounds. Religion tearing families apart for hundreds <laughs> of years. Just for a bit of context, because yeah. I watching this i'm always interested what's happening in the parallel universe of the united states during this time and so this is taking place during the 1950s that's what primarily the time setting of this uh first season is and for context loving versus virginia which is the supreme court case that said you can't ban interracial marriage Mm -hmm. took place in 1967 and i just thought wow this is so absurd I mean, it's just yeah, yeah. For, for one of the tenets of queer theory is a real suspicion of marriage, and people who operate from a queer position don't really. Aren't I didn't pro, know that. Yeah, it, it, it tends to be really? not anti-marriage equality, but just hmm. anti-marriage period, and the yeah, idea yeah, yeah. that queer are sexual minorities would have to get married in order to prove that they're just like straight people. And and one of the responses I've always had to that, because I've always thought marriage is a good thing, yeah. at least for me, it speaks me to my sensibilities. But uh, they, I have said, well, it's about all of the rights that come with marriage, that right. come packaged with marriage. And, and so the response to that argument from queer people has been, yeah, but if you look historically at the institution of marriage, rights like that should not be tied to that institution because that institution is historically racist and misogynist and problematic in so many ways. And it wasn't until I watched this episode that I truly started to appreciate just how messed up marriage it's so interesting, especially tied to a church is so interesting. I didn't know that about <laughs> queer theory and marriage because I have a, f- a friend who's a doctor and he is not married. And he said uh, he was talking actually to my to my lesbian wife. And when she told him we got married, he said that he wouldn't get married, that he's queer. And I always thought that was weird. Now it makes sense. But mm-hmm. the thing is, like, yeah, that's true. Yeah, they shouldn't be tied. But they are. The reality is did I get a huge tax break by being married. And it shouldn't be that way. But it is. I was <laughs> talking to my friends this week about Valentine's Day. Maybe I was talking to Debbie. I, Debbie's the only person I talk to anymore. Valentine's. One of the things I was saying about Valentine's Day is 
just how messed up I feel as a single person and how Valentine's Day is there. I, it started off with me talking about that new Kristen Wiig movie. Oh, yeah. Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar. And I promised myself at the beginning of lockdown that I was not going to spend $20 on a rental. Mm-hmm. I just wasn't going to do it. And But I love Kristen Wiig so much that mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I'm going to spend $20 on a rental for this. And mm-hmm. my reasoning is... That if you're a single person to spend $20 on an early release rental is just ridiculous. If you're in a household that has five people, then that makes perfect sense. And it's one of the ways that the system is economically rigged against single people. And and, and I face this trying to find a home. If If I had a partner, I'd be able to have a $1 million home in Los Angeles. That would be great, right? But I'm single, and so I'm just barely to the point where I can get a home, but still too far away from it, right? And so I said, I want to be the Bernie Sanders of single people. And the way that and the way that Bernie Sang- Sanders looks at how economic su- structures are rigged against common people, I want to be that for single people so and you just say need that some this really, is messed up. You just need some really big mittens. I do. I do. And I could be a meme. I mean, I agree with what you're saying. Yeah. Oh, now, I don't agree with you. Because I told you when you said this, Reagan, it's like after you go to the movies to one person, it's like twenty five dollars. So you're saving money watching it home. Well, no, not but I understand what you said. You're not, not getting that IMAX to experience of sound. five people. I totally like, agree with you about the about the movie thing. It makes perfect oh, sense. But there's also a bit torrent. Well, no, well, don't say that. Keep it together, Judy. But I will say <laughs> I've said this in the past. Um, for reasons well known, Christina, I'm not <laughs> able to have children, and I do oh. think you know there should be some type of incentive, China maybe, um, where you know if you can't have kids or if you don't have kids, you should get a. Ta- I think you should get a tax break. Isn't that Just fucked like up you that get it's a the tax- opposite. I know. Well, no, I think you should get a tax break if you have children, and 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 children cost money. But I think there should be more incentives out there if you're a woman of me of 68 means and god that you know maybe you know you get a few maybe debbie gets an extra you know twelve hundred dollars for you know you you can adopt at your age we need to financially no. we do need to financially incentivize people not having children because overpopulation is a big problem yeah. and will climate change yeah yeah. So the next scene is a dance party. Oh, sorry, Deborah. Did we get to what you wanted to say? Oh, what I wanted to ask. Oh, wait. What were we talking about? Hold on. Okay, no, what no. were y'all talking? It was oh, on the no. tip of my we'll tongue. Sp- we're going to spend five Chad, hours with Deborah. Chad, trying what to were we talking? <laughs> Chad Bozeman. The next scene is a dance party. Horsey bitches at Cookie for sending him to the penal colony. He doesn't want to go to a penal colony. He's straight, Mary. And he's a man. I'm a man and I'm a straight. And I don't want to go to a penal colony. Too much penis. Wait, was this the the boring Scottish dance party or was this the hot cutie twinkie ecstasy party? No, no. This was not the ecstasy party. This was the boring... Scottish party. That was so annoying. How do they? What I, the fuck? I, That's not dancing. I I wish Gallop, I had a screen like grab of that side one queen. Galloping. Which one? The, 
honey, those men are dre- they all looked queeny. I'm sorry, but that one threw that leg back when she was pushing that woman right behind the prince, the prince and I <laughs> fell out. I lost it. I don't understand why Philip needs to go to Australia at all. Please explain. She me. wants him away. That why? was the whole purpose of it. Why? Because he because the bitch is too queeny. He won't Philip? every time she comes home, he's yes. What do you mean? Yeah, every well, part- day. I mean, and he's going out. He's going out every Partying night with every his night. friends. He, exactly. He's rudderless. He doesn't yeah. have any direction. And, he comes and, home and tells her what she's doing wrong about everything, and it it's just ridiculous. So what's Australia going to do? Going. I don't care. Eat a fucking shrimp on the Barbie and chow for all I care. <laughs> you know, because they send prisoners to Australia. I mean, it's kind of insulting. Oh yeah, well, you know what? That well, obviously it's a slap in the face, and he knows it. You know, but that's the point. But it's, it's for him to know his place. Op- he's going to open the Australian Olympics. I mean, it's not like he's going to work with prisoners. or it's, Yeah, uh, but to is, him, it's a slap in the face, even though to us, that would be an honor. My God, you opened like a 7-Eleven and you were excited to do that. I guess and I just didn't get that whole part of the story. Like, what's the big deal? He's going to go like... They made it like seem like there must have some meaning to it, but I just didn't no. get it. He's a shitty husband, so he goes it, to Australia. He's going to come back a shitty husband. I don't see why that would change. He was sent away. It's she can't divorce him. The, it's part of what's happening at that time yeah. in the Queen's life. So that's what that's it, why it's there. Did we skip skip over when she met with the Prime Minister on the hill? A little we, bit. We mentioned Honey, it. Honey, what about we did it? the whole, the hills are alive, right. the whole discussion. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm so, I just wanted to say, in another universe, I got to get this out here, so the show notes. In another universe, she pushes the prime minister off the mountain so she can get the soul stone. She takes control of the cabinet and gains all control. So okay. that's what I was think I was supposed I to mean, remember honey, before. I mean, honey, no more Benadryl before we I record know. the show. No more. It's president. Mm- got moon phase and I'm proud of it. No wrinkles on me. President zones. You have more freedom than any consort in history and you wasted. Back. Queen Mother said that to him when they were mm-hmm. dancing. What is Back. bitch? She's just such an, un- she was so nice last episode with the castle. Yeah. And she's just such a fucking bitch at home. Yeah, they can't blend, they don't blend well in this show I noticed. It's either yeah. like we hate the person one minute or we love them. Yeah. There's no like in between. I find this with Philip, especially when he gives his monologue deeper in. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, you actually say something grand and then up next thing, I hate you, hope you die. Number two, let's go back to number two because I'm all duty? about the duty. Lord Salisbury even said he'd resign because it went against the church's teachings. <laughs> no, not Lord Salisbury. How will Parliament go on if not for the delicious steaks with brown Pow- sauce? Parliament. Remember, he's the one with the wisp. This makes me reflect this whole thing about Margaret not getting to get married makes me reflect on how the right weaponizes religion and uses it as a political instrument and it drives me insane it hits too close to home for me so if mary if sorry if amy marries joey she'll be renunciated by parliament no Mm. more money she'll have to get married in a civil ceremony renounced and she'll have to live outside the country i mean really 
Yeah. Really, they're going to put her in exile just because she's marrying a guy who was once married? So stupid. Honey, she's going to the Phantom Zone. So stupid. Bring in the mirror. Um, but I love I what thought- this says about present day. To me, that's what's interesting oh, yeah. about it is like the Q's attitude towards her sister and divorce to me is very telling on why that bitch hasn't left the crown yet and why she will never leave it to her son. She will live yeah. until that motherfucker is dead and then she'll fucking pass it on to, grand, <laughs> to grandson. <laughs> She's she like the mother in Flowers in the Attic. Here, have another powdered donut. Oh, have I another pow- powdered donut, Charles. <laughs> is that uh, the one with Leonardo DiCaprio and the fat mother? No. no that's oh. what's eating Gilbert Grape. That's great. Oh, what are you talking film. about? Q breaks the news to Amy. Uh, Amy is care. pissed. She points out that the country is behind her and that there will be blowback if conservative government gets to marginalize her for this marriage, which Uh, is really important. It's an important point to me. Amy and Joey ride in the back of a car and Amy knows the backseat of a car, honey. She knows the ways around the backseat. They're chased down by paparazzi, nearly avoiding collisions, foreshadowing, of course, to the future People's Princess. Um, I just want to point out that one line that struck me at the end of that previous scene when Q says, that's not me. And then that's Margaret where... says, only the government in your name. Yeah, that was good. That's, you know, in other words, yeah, it's fucking It you. is you, bitch. Okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I I under I I mean I ultimately understand why Amy is upset here, and I would be I, my sympathies are towards her. Mm-hmm. That's that's where my investment is. But I don't think it is fair to for her to downplay that Q wants to be able to say yes, but the reality of the situation is that the conservatives in parliament, that the church is going to excommunicate her if she goes through with this decision. Regardless of what Q says, this is the reality of the situation. But Um, Q is ultimately responsible, and she did fuck up by not reading the shit for herself, by just taking her minister's word for it. I mean, she does, she may not be well-educated, but she does know how to read. She could have read the fucking act, the fucking Don't Get Married Act from 1932. Yeah, that's a good point. The first thing, if I were in Q's shoes, the first thing that I would want to do after they mentioned this marriage act yeah. a few episodes ago, I would have said, bring, I, I, I want to see the actual yeah. policy. Right. I want, because yeah. I would be looking for a loophole. Right. I would be looking for something yeah. to help my sister. Maybe out. That's, that's why she didn't get mad because she knew she should have read it. Cause when, 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 when Baldy Locks was sitting on his bed, the two single beds, which I thought was a weird place to be on the phone. Like what the fuck? But, and he said, and, and then Tommy's like, what did you tell her? Did you tell her what I told you to do? Yes. I said it was in black and white all along. Long. Like they had planned on that, knowing full well that she would never read the thing. I would say, though, obviously, a writer is taking an interpretation of how things turned out. But what if this is how it played out in the press? But what if in the beginning, I mean, this is based off real life now, not in this. But what if, or you could maybe bend it towards this? What if she did read the thing and this is how she chose to play it uh, out? Yeah, what if she was in on it? Uh, the whole time, even though Tommy yeah. didn't think she was, yeah. what if she knew this is how it was going <gasps> to yeah, go the entire time? Yeah, and why not go go with that interpretation? It speaks yeah. to what Madge was saying very early in the yeah. season, where everything yeah. has to. She is this faultless yep. character, and things just kind of happen to yep. her. It would have been a much mm-hmm. more interesting writing 
decision yeah. to, to, to loop cue in on this and to be like you know what yeah let's give it you two years and that, then they'll lose interest in one another that interpretation is the only one that makes sense now that i yeah. think i agree with you this whole time we think she's done so important we all when agree. really she knows she's pulling the strings but I, this is what i wanted to say earlier and I, this is a real question to both of you girls mm-hmm. what would you what would have happened if princess margarita margarita what if she just dated like is is that a possibility what do you if mean? Just, just stayed in a relationship they, she, with a guy, but she, didn't yeah, get married? Yeah. Just fuck around? Yeah, what if they just, you know, or had a marriage of convenience with somebody, and then, you know, and which this could have happened in real life, that they, until his death in, in 97, I, mean, I, I believe, guess they just were signed pregnant, because I guess they weren't fucking. I don't know. I mean, uh, oh, is no, that, they were oh, definitely. I mean, I, in the I'm show, kidding. they're fucking. In but. the backseat of the car, on the pool table. Yeah, he wasn't the... sticking his hand up a dress for a passport, honey. I mean, he was. <laughs> come but on. Were they really fucking in real life? I kind of doubt it. Yes. Oh, yes. yes. But so, what if she he, got pregnant? He, Did they have birth control then? I mean, she got pregnant. That's such a scandal. They'd find out. Well, the thing is, not everybody. It's called a pullout method, honey. But listen, oh, it's very successful, Debbie. The pullout method is has a long yeah, track record of being that's a very Deborah successful was born. method. Deborah but was listen, a victim. She's the result of a pullout. He died when he was in his eighties, and uh, this relationship was Who? real. And this is the oh, statement Thompson. that was released. You know, we're skipping ahead. I don't know if he makes mm-hmm. more appearances later on throughout the series. Okay. But when he died. Uh, the spokeswoman for her said, uh, "Sad at the news of his death, the Queen sent a private mess private message of condolences to the group, Captain Townsend's widow, Marie Luce, that said, um, Luce? and where is Le- Luce? I think, yeah, yeah. She said, I am so sorry she a loose that woman? we never. No, if you'll let me read this." I am so sorry for the time we spent together that my cunt of a sister would not allow us to be together. I know you will not be here, but I will fashion your ashes into a dildo so you can always be inside me. Again, fuck my sister, that fucking cow. And, you know, I was shocked that this was actually posted in the, um, I think this was the newspaper. Wait, when did she write this? So Margaret wrote Not, that? June 21st, 1995. <laughs> Section A, page 16, New York Times. She wrote that for, um, that, about Townsend. Yeah, when he, wow. up on learning about his passing. I had no idea. And then, so there was a response by mm. the queen and she yeah. said, Oh no! What is that thing she's always saying? Oh, no. oh, dear. Yeah. Oh, oh dear! Oh dear! That's her oh. statement. The statement oh. from the Buckingham Palace. <laughs> oh. oh dear! Okay, Amy and Joey attend a party. This is the ecstasy. Uh, this is the Molly party. Finally, uh, a banger. A little banger. <laughs> Twinkie, hot bottom. Oh my goodness! Oh god, they were finally hot. a banger. And Joey in this show. encourages Amy to dance with that less Molly man. That banger. I'm like, don't do that, Joey. Later that <laughs> evening, Amy returns to Joey in their sex suite and lays oh, on God. top of him and grind, rides him, reverse cowgirl. So I have an issue because I have a new nickname, and I just wanted to ask you, gals, if this yeah. is too late to, to change nicknames, because I wrote in my notes that Banger Party at Banger at Party with M and Mole, who is she? Mole? Part, can we change? So Mole, 
I think mole sounds better. So can we? I do like that. Can mole. we call him mole? Mole. Yeah. Yeah. Mole. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And Thank that you. mole was popping in that bed scene. The lighting. I said, oh, I know Reagan was uh, throwing up in his mouth. I just think yeah, <laughs> it was. I, I, it was like they contoured it or something with makeup. Uh, number two, we cut to number two gobbling another pill. Bliss. He goes to meet with the queen. Q but, points out that number two is a divorced man, and that four okay. divorced men are in the cabinet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, ur- she urges number two. Oh, what? Sorry, but this is important to me because I feel like something important happened here, and this is where Q in the narrative of the show, maybe not reality, changes because we see the paparazzi. For the first time, right? We see real paparazzi chasing M and Mole, right? In the car. And then you see uh, the coverage on TV of Q watching all this coverage, right? Of all the attention. We've seen this before. Remember when, um, who was it was getting attention and they had to get rid of him? When somebody gets too much attention, Q gets rid of them. And yeah. that's, I think that's when she realized, and the rest of it is, I think at that point, Q makes the decision, they're not getting married. She saw all the attention exactly. they're getting, more attention than mm. her, it's over. What was the other situation where somebody's getting oh, too much attention? Oh, she said something about, oh, I don't want to be, she's outshining me. Yeah. Yeah. I remember and that. When she was yeah. at like a factory, acting like she was her workers' mm-hmm. rights. Yeah. She didn't Always, like that. Yeah, they don't, she won't have that. One thing about Q, and I'm curious as to if she's still like that, if this is real, is does she, you know, because you look at what happened with Meghan Markle, you know, like she does not like to be eclipsed, maybe with Diana too, you know, that that seems well, to be is, her trigger. Th- this has Scientology parallels to it. So oh, yeah. they, the celebrity is really big in the Church of Scientology. Mm-hmm. And so celebrities don't get treated the way that the regular congregants yeah. do and, yeah. and i use the term congregants very loosely but uh, so make tom cruise feel like he's super special and and the thing is is that if you create that reality for somebody they internalize it as if it's real when you're told from a very early age that god divine right is ordaining you to become the leader and you are inherently special just by virtue of the order of your birth, you begin to believe it. It right. becomes a consensual hallucination. Yeah. And it, it it really is such BS. So yeah, yeah, somebody else outshining her, I could see where that would just be like, not just an affront to her uh, vanity, but you are going against God. Don't you live she- right near the... Um- the the Hollywood the, the what do they call it the yeah, famous big people blue. big blue yeah I tried to get her to go she won't go <laughs> she keeps pushing me to go and I want to go if I come up there we're going but were you well, Reagan, they, you were on Big Brother I'm sure they'll let you in the front door the whole guise is that you go to take a personality test and I'm like honey I already know I failed I have a <laughs> shitty personality you don't need to tell me I don't need to hold some Coca Cola cans for you to tell me that but the irony <laughs> is that. My psychiatrist office is directly next door to Big Blue. So they have Scientologists camped outside, and Scientology is notoriously anti-psychiatry. Oh, it's just a collective, cooperative, community service operation outreach program project. And so the fact that I have to go through this, there there are two obstacle courses that I have to go through in order to get to my psychiatrist. Oh, yeah, the trauma center. (laughs) Well, the first is I have to make my way through the anti-psychiatry a Scientologist who try, try to hand me literature and I'm like, you have the wrong fucking one. Just get the fuck away from me, you glassy-eyed doorstop. I'm not interested. Yeah. And then the second thing is psychiatry is on the sixth floor. 
the first <laughs> the first floor is urgent care. Mm. I'm going to be treated for obsessive compulsive disorder. So I have to make my way through this germ obstacle course on the first floor with people coughing <laughs> and hacking up, and then I have to touch the button Even in COVID. order to get into the you elevator. Don't have to do that in COVID time, do you? Like you do with Zoom? Oh no, everything is telemedicine. Yeah. They don't want you there at all. Okay, number two gobbles another pill. Bliss. Meets with the queen. Q points out that number two is a divorced man. So yeah. the hypocrisy. What and that hypocrisy? four divorced men yeah. are in cabinet. She urges number two to go back to parliament and work some magic. This again just shows, highlights the double standard well, that when white, rich, conservative men do it, it's okay. It, right. it kind of reminds me of when, um, I forget what comic said this, but they said that if if men were the ones who got pregnant... Then abortion, you would be able to get an abortion at an ATM McDonald's. machine. Oh, but yeah. the fact that it's women getting abortions. Well, also, I mean, number two, a.k.a. Courtney Love, was divorced. Did she really kill her husband? Does anybody really know? I mean, her wife. I mean, whatever. <laughs> I mean, really. oh, Look, I, I have a question. Come on. If your wife tries to kill you and eat the children, yeah, and you, can you still not get a divorce? Is that still like what? What has to happen? They well, have I guess to be it's dead. just death. They have just to be dead. Well, they, they say, say they say when the four horsemen of the apocalypse, as they're yeah. affectionately called, the four <laughs> leaders of the church, the archbishops, um, they they say that. Christian marriage is, I can never pronounce this word. It can't Insoluble. be dissolved. Insoluble. Yeah. Right? Or indis- it, yeah, I don't know. indissoluble or something like that. So it, there's nothing that you can do once you go into that union. Horsey finally has something to say that I agree with. Me he too. says, look, stop being head of state and start being a human. Start yeah. being a sister, which is kind of funny to me, though, because even though he's saying it and I agree with it, just a few episodes ago, he was coming down on that relationship and saying just, you know, what a sacrilege it was. I said, I hope he takes his own advice. You know, like, seriously, he's telling her all this stuff, you know, that I think are good points. And then it's like, okay, honey, take your own advice. Be well, a he's husband. The type of, he's the type of person. Yeah, I agree with that. But he's definitely the type of yeah. person who can call up the faults and everybody else, but never turns inward. And that, that's a that's N-word. a bad trend among many people. You say the huh? N-word? No, Madge. Cut to a rock and roll party. There's a lot of partying in this episode. She's calling her uncle the real Queen Mary Q is. He lets her know that he's been expecting this call. Girl, he picks up the phone. Girl. And then you hear, as he's picking up the phone, you hear the... Which is the sound that Grinder makes whenever. And he's like, oh no, I'll get to that Grinder hookup in a minute. He goes, yes, honey, I have been expecting this call for a while. And here we get some really great writing. We are half yeah. people ripped from the pages from some bizarre mythology, two sides within us engaged in a civil war which never ends. I understand mm-hmm. the agony that you feel. And- it will never leave you. I will always be half king. My tragedy is I have no kingdom. You have one and you must protect it. For the first time, it really hits me that this guy would have been king. Yeah. And and she would lead a totally different existence if not for his decision. But then the flip of it, and this this monologue is very key. It's a really important monologue. What he's explaining to her is that he isn't king right now, even though he he desperately 
wants to be king because he didn't have the gumption to make the hard decision that she now has to make. That said, I I still don't buy these zero-sum games that you either 100% have to do this, and that means that there's going to be a 100% loser over in this corner. I don't buy that rhetorical trap, right? Mm -hmm. But I do think it's very convincing that he's basically saying, look, this is the job, and it wouldn't be fair for you to keep this job and get to and not make play by this the rules. Deci- and not play by the rules, right? If I had to sacrifice, you need to sacrifice. Exactly, I agree with that. And I, the music on this, I thought was fabulous. And I kept thinking Cher was going to pop out from a cabaret. The music in the background. Yeah. So I looked this up because it it reminded me of something. The music in this is the same music that that they play in Olive Garden. The first Olive Garden was founded in 1947 by Lady Olive. So I looked this up and. That <laughs> was an actual Olive Garden. I'm gonna kill myself. This really was. Oh my gosh, Deborah. Lady Olive. (laughs) Yes. This is real. You can look this up. Go to Breitbart right now. (laughs) Not Wikipedia, but Wikipedia. It's on there. Um, Wick on P on media. But the thing (laughs) is, I feel like he's being two-faced with Margaret, though, because he was so sympathetic with Margaret. And he is. He's no, he gets Q, it. He's yeah. he's split in half. He's saying, I get this. And so we've... Uh, you know, does he, he regret his decision? Not, isn't he telling her to forbid the marriage, or am I misreading it? What he is saying... Yeah. What, what, what he is saying is, I had to make a choice, right? I had two things that I love. Yeah. I had the monarchy being king, and I had this woman that I love. And I couldn't keep both. It's, again, Sophie's choice. That's yeah. the, what this episode is. I couldn't keep both. I had to choose which child I was going to kill, and I went with love. Mm-hmm. And, it, it, and my life will always be miserable. There's always going to be me playing the bagpipes outside while my wife <laughs> looks at what I gave up, right? Mm-hmm. Which harkens back to a previous episode. So... I get why Margaret wants to marry this man. And obviously, I side with her. But when it comes to me counseling you, guess what, honey? You don't get to have your cake and eat it, too, if I didn't. So if you want this job, you have to do the hard thing. You can't appease your sister and be queen. It is what it is. It it is what it is. Now, I don't agree with that assessment, but I agree with the monologue. Still feels two-faced to me, but I get what you're saying. It is two-faced because that's what he's saying. He's saying there's right. a civil war right. inside each of us. Yeah. We are split beings. Yeah, it's to Hybrid. me it was... Yeah, it was So I'm also Beans. interested in how this Nasser thing fits into it because in the previous scene where there were, uh, she was arguing... I, they were also weaving in the story about Nasser, and it to me it implies that they're trying to make some sort of corollary between the two yeah, stories. Yeah, I didn't but see I that get either. What it is. I, it was like they just threw it in because that's what was happening during that I, time. But it has it. to mean something. I feel I don't like think so. Really? I, I, yeah. Okay. I so in this year in other series, if it were Ryan yeah. Murphy based on rea- uh, b- b- fictional take, yeah. I would say yeah, it, it has to mean something. Okay. Because I was looking for meaning. The thing with the Olympics, the thing with the Suez Canal. Yeah. They want to anchor. The, the day-to-day drama with what's happening on a more global scale in the lives of well, these people. Well, why not people. talk about all the people they were torturing in Africa then? Well, that's a good quote. That's a <laughs> that's a choice. Yeah. I mean, that, that that's a choice that they're making. Yeah. Uh, 
But also a part of it may be that the royal family is shielded from some of those harsh realities of yeah. imperialism. And the okay. So, what, so when they go to Africa, they're only seeing the best of Africa. It's like when I lived in San Francisco and my mom would come and visit and she's like, San, or when she comes to L.A., she's like, L.A. is the most beautiful place. San Francisco is the most beautiful place. I'm like, yeah, you're staying in the Beverly Hills Hotel in Beverly Hills. Yeah. You only see the nicest parts of it. You don't see the shitholes. You right. don't see the homeless encampments. Right. You don't, In my neighborhood, people regularly get killed walking down the street. Yeah. That's not, you know, so if you are of a certain social class it, you're not living in re it reminds me of ted cruz now with texas where you have tons of people dying because of the freezing weather you have covid and he gets busted going to cancun but reagan you know, he's never, just not living yeah. in reality have you ever gotten killed on the streets of uh, hollywood i have not but people have been killed right in front of my building before. see for me it's like i always get people thinking oh you live in chicago they think people are getting murdered like in like like they think i have to cross a stream of bullets to get to the walgreens i'm like you don't understand this city is totally racist like the south side ever was created like in racial times and jim crow and they put all the black people on the south side and all the yeah. white people on the north side and like it's still like and that. stuff like and that and it's still like that all the poverty is kept south it is time for q and Amy to have a showdown. I cannot <sighs> allow you to marry Peter and remain part of this oh, family. Those awful. Those awful. pauses were amazing. Like I wrote it down. I'd given you my word. I was prepared to support you, but dot 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 oh, dot dot. So dot, good. Dot dot dot. But they what? really milk the the dot, silence. Dot, dot. It, it, it so, was, yeah, I love that. And that's why I think that the actors, even though Madge doesn't think they're as good as the actors who take over oh, the roles. Oh well, I no, I I, I I've changed my position on that really i think I mean, vanessa kirby stole the show and i think she should have won an emmy well you know on the, on the reddit i see like a lot of people are are saying when they they're upset at olivia coleman they they are always comparing her to claire foy most people from what i've read on reddit they prefer claire foy and they're always saying that that olivia coleman isn't as good as her so i feel like claire foy and i love claire foy she uh -huh. was in that movie that steven soderbergh did <laughs> no <laughs> claire was foy was in insane okay. yeah and it was filmed on an iphone it's it's what? excellent it, yeah it's a really really good film i highly highly recommend it which one it, it's a psychological thriller um but I I find her portrayal of Elizabeth to be a little milk toast, which may be a reflection of the writing more than her acting. Uh, I still love her. I think she's you know, great. I hate it's the way hard, milk toast is spelled. It really it's hard me. to judge her, and I and I've actually noticed this. It's hard to judge her because if you look at it from the perspective, we don't know what goes on behind the scenes. She's have to develop another character because if you notice when the queen makes an announcement, she does, she talks in that voice. You know, it's very, very queeny. But then when, you know, she cut and then she's back to being, hey, what's up, girls? You know, it's another character. And I think it's kind of hard. Like, I have looked on the internet and the only thing I can mm -hmm. find is like 10 minute clips of the queen just moving her arm to the side weirdly. Like there's you know. no videos of her true personality oh yeah there is that boring as fuck documentary i put in the whole well day. no even no but they, sh they knew a camera was yeah. there what i'm basically well, saying is we need like yeah. we need like a porn camera in there or okay. something i w this scene was just uh, tough i'm uh, putting amy through that two-year wait only yeah. to do this is really unforgivable amy compares her situation to q and horsey which i don't think is a fair comparison no, it's not 
Peter right. is the only one who knows how to calm me. Diddle mm-hmm. my skittle. Dirty, dirty girl, dirty girl. This is a very queer moment, in right. my opinion, because for Amy, she can either love who she loves or have her family. She can't have both. And it's such a bullshit choice that so many queer people had to face, especially in the 70s and the 80s and even in the 90s still today. I mean, they have to do it. Yeah. But that this is one queer point of identification that yeah. I find in the episode. Interesting. You know, I thought it was so tragic because Amy Fisher's the one that ends up having the she's the only she's forced to enforce the the promise to the father. Q isn't. I just think uh, that whole conceit of the the, the father promise, I just think is, it was in one way or not the other. I'm living in the fantasy world where that was actually the reality. She's the one keeping the promise. So I have a different interpretation of that promise. To me, if you look at the context in which that promise is theatricalized, it's in relation to his brother not fulfilling obligations to his family and choosing some woman to marry over his commitment to his family and to his country and stuff like that. So to me, in that context, the promise breaker, in my opinion, would be more Amy Fisher than it would be Q. Because Amy Fisher is walking in the footsteps of the person who made the wrong decision. But she's not the one who made the promise, though. Q is the one that made the promise. No, they, the girls had to promise to each other. Oh, yeah, they promised to each other. The promise okay, was that I they heard. would always okay. put their relationship Sorry. above right. any other relationship. So they were together. I'm, I'm mis- Yeah, I'm, they had I their hands. He it. took okay. their hands and held gotcha. their had two little hands, yeah, yeah, and they okay. held their other two little hands. And that one God, girl, Matt, she's got so that other stupid. arm. She's got Ugh. like a third arm, and she held the little third arm. I don't know, though. Because, okay, you're right. But so, like, whatever. Who cares? It's just a show. Yeah, that's why I think that reading too much into the yeah. there's so it, it's kind of like trying to figure out what Bible verse means, right? It's like you can interpret that promise in so many different ways to make anybody that you know. It's kind of like how the word Karen gets thrown out yeah. at any woman who says anything that you disagree with. Oh, she's a Karen, right? right. It's just a matter of interpretation. And or I think when the somebody same writes something on this is my other pet peeve when somebody writes something on Twitter and somebody will reply bad take, like what? That's it. <laughs> Uh, you know, I'm guilty of that. I love to do if something I don't agree with, I'll just do sure Jan. Sure, Jan. I love to post the well, sure right, Jan. Kay, but I hate bad take. Sure Jan. Okay. <laughs> Amy breaks the news to Joey. She will never forgive them and she'll never marry anyone else. Joey tells the press that they won't get married. Uh, Marriage again is just so messed can, up. Can I read just, just real quickly a note yes, that I wrote because yes. it's in bold? Pock face, mole, chin, pizza face like papa. <laughs> uh, I, I like the repetition of the word duty in this scene. Mm. She must pay her royal duty first. Duty prevails. And I was just like. <laughs> Mumbles McGee is back to talk about Nasser and Cairo. Boring. Horsey is going to meet the president of the Olympics committee. He'll be <laughs> gone for five months. I get the sense that he sees this as an opportunity to be a pussy hound. That's why I think he came around on the decision. He says something like, don't treat betrayal as a favor. I liked that line. I thought that was a really good line. Horsey gives one last brooding look to cap off his premiere season. Cut to number two watching Nasser 
Empire shame him on film. Cut to Amy dining and sad. Cut to Joey alone in a bedroom crying Uh. over a picture of Amy. Cut to number two returning to his ultimate form. Courtney Love shooting up that sweet, sweet H, a la (laughs) bored on the H train. Toot, toot. (laughs) Cut to Q wearing the crown and taking photos. Cut to Horsey driving. Cut to Courtney passed out in heroin bliss. (gasps) Oh, I just came. Somebody referred... Oh, go. Who the fuck was... No, go. Are we done? Are we at All's Hail Sage Lady yet? Uh, Yeah, I was going to say somebody refers to Q as Elizabeth Regina. But who was reading that? (laughs) All hail sage lady whom a grateful else hath blessed, not moving, not breathing, our very own goddess, glorious Gloriana, forgetting Elizabeth Windsor now, now only Elizabeth Vagina. And yes, I (laughs) said Vagina. What the fuck was that? That was the priest. And she why, was in her. See, oh, oh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, so she's but, part. She, they're still doing like the the rest of the mumbo jumbo stuff. The, it that. was with the photograph. And why does she have these medals with little pink and, and blue hankies on it? Is it a reveal party? I don't yeah, get it's it. It's a pageant now, outfit, what, what, honey. If she wants. No, it's like it'd be uh, the nineteen seventies <laughs> when gay man had the hanky code, and it's like these medals mean that I'm for anal, but you have to pull out. This one means honey, that's not release over. in my mouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But okay, but then this is, goes back. I, this is why. I keep I still feel like there's some meaning with the Nasser thing because they did this montage and the Nasser stuff was mixed in with all this shit it has to mean something well I don't think so I think it's well this is around the time I think Jackie O'Nasser was coming along (laughs) and this is just a way for them to pull it in she was a child (laughs) it's the same universe it's a possibility Deborah no they show that the, the, the heroin guy is passed out, and in, and then the the real the news reel of Nasser is melting. On the you know what? I, the okay, empire so let's, is falling okay. apart. I'm going to give empire, you what you want. The empire is falling apart while this Courtney Love is on H. Okay, so uh, that yeah, must you can be take what it's it about. It's about the empire falling apart. Well, the, the empire is in. It's still falling, but at the end, guess what? The little people of different races still get burned. The whites will still win, land. and I think that's what they're showing. Oh. I have an interpretation of this now, Madge, mm-hmm. and my interpretation of this is, again, going back to Plato's two horses, right? That mm-hmm. here you have these men, like Duty, number two. Right, Duty and P.P. Telling the queen, you have to white horse it the entire way through. It's all about duty for you, right? You can't. You can't give in to any of your desires, your lust, mm-hmm. your irrationality. You have to stay the course. And yet this guy is addicted to drugs and <laughs> leaving the country. Seriously. And manufacturing right. clean bills of health so that he can run the country right. while he's running it into the ground. And and the empire is falling apart, right. which right. which we see now retrospectively right. as a good thing. Right. But it, it is it is an utter hypocrisy and it speaks to the gendered elements of what this series is all about that men get to go out and screw around with women and have side chicks and do all this other stuff men get to get divorced and do all this other stuff but then you look at the women in this family and they are held to a standard as women often are 
that um, they're, they're treated much worse, much more harshly for the same thing that men routinely do. Right. This guy is passed out. Yeah, because he's shooting up drugs. But at the same time, and I don't disagree with that interpretation, but I would add to it that at the same time, I also would say that here we have all the Q, who is ultimately still responsible for the country and the empire, although this fucking douche is on drugs. Yeah, you know, they're worried about all this shit about their family and all this bullshit and their divorce and their Christianity and her husband's infidelity and all this nonsense. Meanwhile, the empire is burning and they losing their empire. But the thing is, they want to be able to blame. What's funny is, I take both of what you said into heart about my own life. But um, the empire is burning. But we're going to blame it that the reason it, the downfall of the empire is because Princess Margaret will marry a divorcee. Yeah. Not because of the the decisions that we made as government, mm. parliament, oh, not 100%. the decisions yeah. that I'm choosing to shoot up and act irrational and talk well, De- in a weird Debbie, accent with yeah. an Arabic gentleman. Debbie, do you know what uh, Dan Quayle during the 1992 presidential election, do you know what he blamed the LA riots on what he blamed the LA (laughs) not far from it he blamed the LA riots on a lack of family values president Dan Quayle a scolding for TV's newest unwed mother in a speech today in San Francisco the vice president pointed to Murphy Brown and her new baby as a sign of the breakdown of family values Quayle said it was the breakdown of traditional values which led to the violence in Los Angeles. It doesn't help matters when primetime TV has Murphy Brown, a character who supposedly epitomizes today's intelligent, highly paid professional woman, mocking the importance of fathers by bearing a child alone and calling it just another lifestyle choice. The producer of Murphy Brown, Diane English, responded. She said if Mr. Quayle thinks it is wrong for an unmarried woman to have a child, then, quote, he'd better make sure abortion remains safe and legal, end quote. And so this is what conservatives do. They Mm -hmm. scapegoat when we have times of economic disparity or when the country is crumbling. Mm -hmm. Let's let's blame women. Let's blame the breakdown of family values. Let's break the the breakdown of marriage. Despite the fact, despite the fact... The fact that they're engaging in the very sort of activity that they are pointing the finger at other people for. Was he an idiot? He's from Carmel, Indiana, which is exactly where I went to. There's a, I mean, I I hate to stereotype here because I know it happens on both sides of the aisle. And I don't want to act like people on the left have the, uh, you know, have gamed the truth or morality or, you know, whatever. But I do notice a tendency among conservatives at least conservative politicians where the left tend to say the buck stops with me like if you look at something consistent between obama and biden it's like i take responsibility for this mm-hmm. the buck stops here the and the conservative policy uh, conservatives are constantly pointing the finger at other people so you look at what's happening in texas this week and they were trying to blame it on uh, wind Windmills. energy, a- and and this is exactly what they were pointing the finger at AOC, AOC for the Green New Deal. That's Green not even in effect. Not yeah. even well, in effect. I think that's it's, true, but I think that's recent. In defense of conservatives, Teddy Roosevelt, I believe, is when the court coined the phrase "the buck stops here." He was a conservative, so yeah, but that's I think different. That's maybe in the past fifty years, it went all kookaloo. Well, possibly starting with Nixon. 
Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Ronald Reagan, the Fair Doctrine. <laughs> well, you know. Nixon was before Reagan, honey. Uh, well, no, but I'm just saying they have <laughs> they have burned it down, and yeah. they started the fire a long time ago. Either way, and they're still pointing fingers while little Princess Margaret's over here just trying to get a nut. Okay, there, there's something to be said with to me a part of leadership is saying the buck stops here. Is buck saying I take here. responsibility for this, of course, and. Absolutely. That's what leadership is. That's why the higher, that's why managers and the higher level people get paid more because they have to take responsibility. That does it for our first season of The Crown and Pod Save the Queen. What are your thoughts? Normally I ask kind of like, what are your thoughts on the episode? I want to ask what your thoughts are of the first season. And it could be about the first season of our show, or it could be about the first season of The Crown, or maybe a little bit. What about Bewitched? I love the first Mrs. Kravitz. (laughs) I'm so sad she died. The first Mrs. Kravitz was amazing. Oh my God. I like both. To be honest, I think this, The Crown is is I don't like the show. I think I don't think they do. Ju- I think it's all about the. Fi- I think they're trying to promote the Queen of England's image because she's still alive. I think they downplay uh, the racism and the classism. I do this show because I really enjoy doing the show with the two of you, and I think that's what's great about it. I I posted on my Telegram group today. I'm like, if Reagan asked me to do a show with you and Debbie about blueberries, I would do it. I don't care. <laughs> so- That'll be season two. God save the blueberries. (laughs) Well, part of what, so shows aren't, um, how can I put this? So Madge, you may remember that I wrote a a scholarly essay that was published in a peer-reviewed journal about Yeast Radio, which is Madge's podcast. And Mm -hmm. one of the arguments that I made, it was all about um, virality. And so we call things viral videos or, and my argument was that, People, audience members listen to a podcast or people watch a television show in this case, and the way that they interact with the show is very similar to a virus invading a host cell, where the host cell would be like the crown, and we are the viruses invading the crown. (laughs) And, And by virtue of us having a conversation about the crown, we change up the DNA of the crown. We make it signify and fire in new and interesting ways. So what I have really enjoyed about doing this uh, podcast with you girls is that our conversations highlighting what's absent from the show, you know, some of the monstrous activity that was happening that doesn't make it to the romanticization of mid-century uh, London, um, uh, us talking about these relationships, us going and doing a little bit more research to find out backstories of storylines. It enhances the show mm. in important ways. So, so yeah. So many of the reasons why you don't like the show is are precisely why our podcast is cool in my eyes. So I just want to mention, and I don't want to. Uh, downplay anybody's intelligence but i didn't put this together till you mentioned the the whole virality thing but you do know that corona is the latin word for crown so <gasps> kind of it's a crown virus the that's way it all fits call together it right it looks like a crown. a crown i mean yeah it's literally a crown that's why yeah. it's called that so it's so interesting to to put in terms of virality because it makes this huge meta goosebump 
you know, bubble around the Mm -hmm. whole thing, right? And I will say, I tried to watch this show when it first came out, and I thought I could not get into it. And it took a while to get into this. And I never was one to Mm -hmm. research the queen in my eyes. Madonna was the true queen. That time, like, her plane was late and (laughs) in the UK uh, London airport, and they were like, the queen's late. And they're like, oh, no, Madonna, not that. Is that that right? (laughs) Or is this one of your made up? Is that another one of your made up stories, Debbie? No, that's actually a real one. There was an episode on that, whatever that reality show for the plane (laughs) series was. They that really her her plane was like. But anyways, but what Mm. I will say is, this show has taught me that in a in a lot of ways, I I respect the monarchy in in the sense. Now let me say, I don't respect the racism, the classism, and all that. You know, I'm not for none of that. But I will say there is some type of stability that I feel that this lady gives this world. And I don't know why I found myself looking at photos of her. And it's this type of structure, whether you believe that structure is evil because of, you know, of taking over countries and all that. But I do feel like it does have a place in our our society as a whole. It it, it, to me, it makes sense from just just the the structure of it and stability yeah makes sense yeah i mean for me i i just enjoy uh doing the show with you too you have so much different to offer i mean reagan the stuff you've added the stuff you've done with production is is fantastic because i've always loved your show how you do your production and really added the clips and and the way you weave uh i've i mentioned this before i'm sure but the way you weave pop culture into anything you're working with it reminds me of how maureen dowd right in new york times brings politics and pulls it together mentions some some weird pop culture thing and, and and tie that together and debbie your sense of humor is just so twisted and bizarre and complete nonsense otherworldly <laughs> i just for me it's just an enjoyable thing and when i listen to the show and how it comes together it's I feel like I was trying to describe this to Reagan earlier, but like there's an artist I really like, Matthew Barney, and he makes movies that are fucking whacked. And his, he was married to Bjork for a while and made these Cremester cycle, these five movies, labor. But the whole point of his making these movies was to create sculptures after they're done that were just inspired by the movies. And in a way, I feel like this is making sense of all the time I wasted talking to myself on a podcast. Because to me, this is a different level than what I do for myself. Um, I just, I just think it's been really. Oh, I totally, I, but I can nothing, understand but that. But all the meaning I give it, and all the value to me of this show, is really has nothing to do with the, the show, the, the show, The Crown. You know. Yeah. Well, one of the things that we said when we started was that we wanted to elevate mm-hmm. what we had been doing, and and for those of you who may just be familiar with us from only this podcast we've been in this game for a very long time, especially uh, Madge and I have been around since the beginning and, uh, and, and Debbie not far after that. She's been listening uh, since the beginning. Yeah, yeah. Since the beginning. And so this is really the culmination of, uh, you know, a long time. I mean, mm. n- nearly 20 years of, of, of producing content and, and developing skills and each of us have our hands in the show in different ways and bring beyond what you hear, just the, you know, our personalities having different takes and having different opinions 
about it. So yeah, I do the clips yeah. and I, I cut the episodes together and Madge does all it because she has mesothelioma. Mm-hmm. She is uh, very OCD about the sound. So making sure everything sounds great and doing the mastering and all of that stuff. Debbie does all, uh, does the intros, those amazing intros that you hear. She does our outro. She does the promotion for the show. So all of those cool digital gifts and posters that we post on our Twitter feeds and then on our Instagram. So it is really nice to see three people who really do respect and admire and love one another come together and yeah, get to far. see our t- <laughs> well, and the petty cash. Let's not push it. Emotionally abused. Debbie's constantly stealing Debbie, uh, petty cash and t- so she can buy things and return things. Uh, but it is nice. It's lovely to see it all coalesce. As we've said, you know, if you want fairy the fairy to live to come back from the dead, you have to clap. I mean, my guess is that we're definitely going to come back for another season of Pod Save the Queens, but we're we are going to take a break. Um, my guess is it'll be for several months. I mean, it, it it is a lot of labor to produce these episodes, but in the interim, we the three of us are coming back and we're um, doing a Frank not Frankenstein, but something where you bring somebody <laughs> back to life, and that is um, a political me. show called Eat This Hot Show that um, used to be a weekly program, and it, it will... started in two thousand five. Wow! Gosh. Gosh, yeah. I'm starting to feel How many? Old. That's one. Five, How many years is that? You better get your calculator out, Debbie. That's a lot of math. 16 years, Debbie. 16. 16. Okay. Yeah. So we are bringing that back from the grave. So we would love to have you listen into Eat This Hot Show um, and that you can find on iTunes. And it will be much easier to find than yeah. our, our show. And it's also a website, eatthishotshow.com. And uh, make sure that you share Pod Save the Queens with other people because one thing that will be very uh, convincing to us yes. in terms of coming back and how soon we come back is seeing the numbers for this show yes. grow. Show your mother's phones, um, go into Best Buys. You can I mean, load really, it up on different the computers. I really can't emphasize that enough. Sharing it, we need our virality for this Corona Corona. We, yeah. we, we need you to, to share it. And with Amen. that said, let's all, let's all leave, Play. bust out our royal reginas and take one last duty. Thanks, ladies. Would you like to add something to our big red box? Correspond with the Queens on Twitter at Pod Save Queens and Instagram at Pod Save the Queens Podcast. Be sure to leave a five-star review on iTunes and Spotify for Pod Save the Queens. <laughs>